got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expenses, the wind is expensive. I got expenses, the wind is expensive. I've been reading all the war. I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah. Welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freightville Podcast for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill here at Freight Waves. Joined again with my special co-guest host here, Chris Jolly, the Freight Coach. How are you doing today, Chris? Uh, doing great, Kevin. Thanks again for having me back. I'm looking forward to today's episode as always. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to talk about leads. I love talking about leads. I know a lot of people don't like leads. They like the, the, the selling the, the closing, the, the presenting. I like all that too, but I really like leads. I like leads and prospecting and getting a system in place where you present more, you close more, you bring in more gross margin, more dollars of revenue into your pocket. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the, I, and I think this is such a, a an imperative topic to cover because there's so many people out there who are just kind of shooting from the hip in, in regards to their leads and their prospecting and everything else. And you know, it's such a, in, in that those, those are one of those scenarios where the minutes add up to hours and so on days and so on of lost productivity when you're just out there trying to shoot from the hip every single day. So yeah, it, it's something that it's a great topic and it's such a huge part of the sales process. You're exactly right. Chris Jolly time is money. And if you're out researching leads on dead ends, Finding unqualified leads more than qualified leads, you're burning time, you're burning your most scarce resource, and that is is time. You know, mm-hmm. that is more, you know, your productive time is what you should be out selling all the time. Go sell, 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 not out researching leads, not on Google Maps. Uh, I've spent so much of my life on Google Maps uh, trying to find leads uh, that it, it's, I, I can't stand it. I, I can't yeah. stand Google Maps. I, I know it's, it's useful. A lot of people use it, but if you're using Google Maps, there's a lot, a lot of better ways to do it than, than, than that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm from the school of, you know, working for a big box broker early on in my career, we had every tool at our disposal, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, and then when you do switch over, when I went to go work for a startup, now, Google Maps was our lead generation tool. Like we were on there all the time. So it's like, you know, you do have to develop a system at that time to really make it as efficient and effective as possible, because otherwise you're going to sit there and spin your wheels time in and time out. And, you know, that's also not to say that there are some downfalls of some of the big software that's out there because it somehow lets those roadside meat markets and gas stations slip in there. And when you're <laughs> really not paying attention, you're just grinding out your calls every day, you're going to end up calling a couple of those too. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I think the, the lead generation process is something that need, like, I'm glad that we're going to be speaking about this in depth today. I am too. I, I am too. I, I, I again, I, I love this topic. Uh, we have James Fry here from TLS Logistics. Good afternoon. Dane, Dane Adams, happy President's Day from Salt Lake yeah. City. It is President's Day. It is a national or federal holiday, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Dane Adams again. Chris Jolly, love your freight coach show. Thank and you. Brian Volker, fleet director and fleet manager um, from St. Paul, Minnesota. I think it's a little bit cold in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh-huh. right? Right, Chris? It, Isn't that, that your home territory? 
Yeah, that is. I mean, the Twin Cities and Western, Northwestern Wisconsin's my my old stomping grounds. Was where I was born and raised. And talking to my my dad lives in a little town called Siren, Wisconsin, and it was like forty below on Saturday night when we were talking. And that is just another Wisconsin Minnesota winter right there, unfortunately. And it is brutal. I mean, that just speaks. I mean, there's parts of this country right now, especially down in Texas. I was talking to some of my clients this morning down in Texas. Same thing. It's it's wild what they're going through right now. It, it is. One of my friends uh, from Houston sent me a picture of snow in, in Houston. You're in Arizona right now. What's the temperature yeah. there? 70, T-shirt weather. It's gorgeous. Nice, <laughs> nice. It's like 35 here in Chattanooga. Back home in Tulsa, it's two degrees right now, which you, we don't get that much there mm. except for here and there. It's going to be about 10 days of weather like that. It, it's horrible. But let's, uh, as Dooner says, let's tip the band right now. Yeah. And thank you to our sponsor, Zimbles. You want to crush your numbers, so stop random prospecting. Zimbles can tell you who is spending on shipping and gets you those leads instantly, taking your sales process from a 95% failure rate to a 50% success rate. Go to start.zimbles.com slash free trial and sign up for a demo today. And we're really going to be talking about leads. Our guest today is Greg Johnson, the COO of Zimbles. He's going to come in and we are going to define qualified versus non-qualified leads. We do, we talk a lot, especially on this show, about warm and cold leads. You know, and everyone has their different definitions uh, of warm and cold leads. I, I think if you if you don't really know who you're calling, if you have not have have not had any interaction with them, I, I, I consider that as cold lead. You know, yeah. if the warm lead that's someone you've talked to before, maybe someone you're not even your company's talked to before, but somebody that you've talked to before or who has reached out to, to, to learn more about your, your service, your company, uh, that type of thing, that's a warm lead. If, if it's not that, I, I always call it a cold lead. So everyone has their own definitions. But what we don't talk about really is qualified versus non-qualified leads and how to qualify leads faster even before you get on the phone. I mean, that's the ideal yeah. time to, to really qualify leads. No, definitely. And I mean, and it's like, it's tough when you're, you know, depending on the size of the organization you're involved with, you know, a, a non-qualified lead to you might be the one that you've just wrote down in your Excel spreadsheet and you're going to be calling later on today. And a qualified lead is the, you know, you verified that the phone number was working off of the one that you found. So there's so many varying degrees to this. And I think that, you know, really trying to clean up that process is it's, it's another one of those soft costs that I speak about within a freight brokerage that doesn't really show up on your P&L. And mm -hmm. I think that if you can invest a little bit up front to kind of clean that up on the back end, that's, you know, another area where you're going to improve your profit margin and or your, you know, your gross margin and stuff like that. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like a lot of the brokers that I talk to and a lot of the people that I talk to in this industry, you know, it's like their main thing is I, I want to improve my revenue. And I talk about this frequently. A lot of the revenue and additional revenue we're searching for is already within our phone, our own four walls. We, it just hasn't been brought to our attention that it, there's a more efficient way that we can uh, operate in. You're exactly right there. Amanda Miller is down in Birmingham, Alabama right now. Yeah. It'll be 19 degrees down here. So that's, that's cold for Birmingham. Uh, certainly, uh, James Fries seems like he's up in the Great Lakes. I've helped us stay warmer than the rest of the country. So I'm not quite sure where James Fry is. Let us know, though. Uh, John Calloway, as a company, you have to define how valuable your time is. In my humble opinion, financial investment, or in my opinion, 
financial investment on the front end as it pertains to lead generation tools pays off throughout the initial phases of the sales cycle. What do you say to that, Chris Jolly? More investment I'm, in the the, the 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 lead generation means more efficiencies on closing deals and the sales process in general. I mean, I want to agree with that in theory, uh, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're not having your reps, if you're not holding them accountable to making their calls and everything, you can have all of the tools in the world at their disposal. But if they're not actually going through with the, the, you know, the process, then I, I think that it's a, a giant waste of money, you know, but it's like, you know, somebody who's in startup mode, you know, I am building my company from day $1, one essentially. And it's like, I, I do believe in investing in that. I have joined m- multiple organizations to help put me in direct contact with the people who I want to speak with. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you can have everything at your disposal, but if you don't have anybody actually following through on them, it's a lot of money to invest. It, it is. It is. You, you, you Certainly you have to have people following up on them. So you, you don't want to inundate yourself with, with leads, but I, I think in a lot of uh, sales programs, uh, you know, having, having enough leads for your salespeople to, to be on the phone with uh, certainly qualified leads is, is well worth the investment. You know, yeah. there's work on the back end that you have to do in the process, get that process down because it's well more efficient than, than paying your, your sales reps to, uh, to, to go on Google Maps and, and search around and poke around in, in random distribution or industrial parks. Uh, then that's what I found in, in, in my career. So I always yeah. like to have leads I can call. Uh, James Fry is in Michigan. That's what it is. So before we hop into our hot sales tip of the day, uh, let's talk about Global Supply Chain Week at FreightWaves. It's our next virtual conference coming up next Monday. So a week from Monday, we'll be doing that. It is really the, the, the Global Supply Chain Week yeah. plus because it's eight days. It's five days next week, three days of the week after. And we start off with aerospace, military, and manufacturing. Then Tuesday, we have retail, building, construction. Wednesday, CPG, consumer packaged goods. Uh, food shippers, Thursday is all about the automotive supply chain. Then Friday is ener- energy, metals, mining, agriculture, kind of those those bulk loads that are yeah. floating around all over the place. So those supply chains. And then Monday uh, of the next week, March 1st through Wednesday is Global Maritime. So uh, we will have everything on Global Maritime. There's a huge you know, traffic jam out in the, the West Coast. Oh, yeah. Uh, 50 ships out there. We have video up on, on FreightWaves.com. So if you haven't seen that, go see that. Greg Miller's story is, is phenomenal. Uh, so we're going to be talking about supply chain all over the place. Gary V is one of our keynotes. You know, everybody knows Gary V. It's yeah. worth the price of mission <laughs> right there, right? Uh, Bob Corker, former senator. And and a few others. Those will be published uh, here very soon. You can go register and see the agenda at live.freightwaves.com. Once again, that's live.freightwaves.com. Come join us for that eight days of full content, eight days of eight hours of content, 64 hours of supply chain. Once you go through that, you're going to know everything there is to know about supply chain. So. Yeah, I'm I'm a freight nerd. I'm a freight nerd at heart. So like I love this stuff and like this is you know to to tie all of that into what we're talking about in brokerage and everything like it's not just like talking about trucks, you know, like talking about the the backup in the port of Long Beach amongst other things, maritime freight, air freight, heck, even depart, mm-hmm. you know, DOD freight. If there's anybody out there like there's so much to learn from these conferences, you guys. There's so much 
transferable information that is going to be presented that you can bring it and apply it to your day-to-day right now as a freight broker. So this is a, a, another one, a round of phenomenal tools at your disposal for, for everybody to sign up for. It is. And if you go to live.freightbrokers.com, you become automatically eligible for these great prizes. Top Golf Platinum Membership, a golf club set, a Traeger Grill. Everyone oh, loves God. a Traeger Grill. Oh, uh, a Sonos Entertainment set, you know, having surround sound in your house. Um, a coffee machine. I, I can't read it, but some kind of cro- coffee machine. An 80-inch color TV. Not black and white, Chris Jolly. Color <laughs> TV. There we go. I love it. Yeah, I know, I'll, right? I'll take that AirPods right Pro. Now. <laughs> <laughs> AirPods Pro, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and a Tonal Home Gym, Xbox. So we have great prizes for everyone who registers. So go to live.freightwaves.com and register today. So let, let's jump into our sales hot tip right now, Chris. And that is how important is the skill of delivering bad news and freight? Uh, I mean, you better get. <laughs> you better practice that one. It's, uh, you know, I think that I just take the approach at this point in my career, it, it just rip the bandaid off and deliver it. Just be 100% transparent because if the, in my opinion, you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody who's involved in the shipping or receiving side of it that hasn't heard it before. And good news does not get better with time. So try, you know, like the, the, the saying of, oh, let's just hope this one works itself out. Don't take that approach. You know, bring it, but bring it with a solution. You can't just say that, oh, the truck's running late. I'll let you know. You know, you got to have your, uh, your information and your ducks in the line when you're presenting it because I have had more growth with my customers as a broker in turbulent times and when, when, when things are essentially falling apart than I ever have when my, my pickup and on-time, pick and on-time delivery are at 100%. These are the times where you make your money with your customers and you grow your revenue with your customers when things start falling apart. Yeah, they're looking for solutions. I, yeah. I mean, just because you handle a load doesn't mean that, that that's the reason why it went <coughs> it went bad or there's bad news to it, right? Uh, there's always bad news in almost every load, so embrace it, you know. And and time is the enemy of problems, you know. Yeah. If you throw time into the recipe and, and cook problems, time is the worst ingredient that, that you can have, right? It's like having yeah. too much hot sauce or something. No, it, it's it's going to burn you. You know, that the quicker you take care of it and provide solutions. And that's the thing. Once you learn to provide solutions, that's just opportunities. It's nothing but opportunities at that point. It's only bad or a negative if you don't have solutions. If you have solutions, great. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, here, here, here's one thing. You cannot sell yourself on full visibility 24-7 and come up and let them know at the time of delivery that their truck's delayed by six hours. Can't do it. You will lose Mm -hmm. all credibility at that point. So it's like, to me, if you're going to sell yourself on that right away, bring it through, bring it to their attention. It's not fun and it's not going to make the truck show up any faster, but I have never met a shipping or receiving manager who was upset that they knew of a problem six hours prior than six minutes after it was supposed to pick or deliver. So take that, take that with a grain of salt or however you want, but Use those tools that you're selling yourself on to your advantage. They will only strengthen your relationship because it is alarming on how many don't actually follow through with that. So, you know, take, take that with how, however you want, but use your tools to your advantage in good times and bad. Yeah. John Calloway says transportation professionals equal professional problem solvers. And that's definitely what we do every single day. 
thinking on our feet. And, you know, those shipping or, or transportation managers, they might get upset because it's the load six hours late, right? But if you wait and tell them uh, once it's six hours after it's due that, oh, yeah, it's going to be six hours late, it's going to be magnitudes uh, oh, of, yeah. of more frustration and blown credibility uh, and, and and people being upset and screaming at you over the phone, which happens from time to time. There's yeah. really no way around that sometimes. Uh, you can't always choose your, your your customers and and their reactions, but it, it does. What, what's some of the, the worst news you've ever delivered? Uh, <laughs> well, the, the <laughs> worst news that I ever delivered, and I actually just put out a post about this last week, was I had a crane offload in California. Um, I knew the truck was still in Albuquerque the day of delivery, uh, and I didn't provide that information to him. Uh, I got hit with a crane <laughs> bill. Um, after the fact that I just, you know, kept, oh, the driver's hitting traffic. Oh, this is what's going on. You know, just a typical excuse uh, book of Broker mm-hmm. 101. And it just came back to bite me. And it, it was bad. And, you know, I, I lost a customer, but I learned at that time, like, and here's the line that I live by. And I work with all my clients on right now, good, bad, or indifferent. I will let you know what's going on with your freight. These aren't fun conversations to have, but you know what? When you're calling your customer, for example, and you know what? They're not on site at the receiver. Call the receiver ahead of time. Let them know. Let them know what's going on because a lot of them are upset with the fact that they might have to make that difficult call to their customer, you know, And, and those aren't fun. So take that off of their plate. And I know that that might seem like, oh, that's such an easy thing to do, but not a lot of people do it. And I think that if you go there with a solution, you reschedule it, you let them know you take that that uh, brunt from the receiver if they are upset about it, and you bring it to them and let them know, hey, it's rescheduled. I already spoke to so and so. It's going to be there tomorrow. Yes, they're not up, they're not happy with it, but it's done and it's rescheduled. Your customer, the one who's paying you, they'll you know at least be appreciative that you took that off their plate. At least in my experience. I've only had to do that. Yeah, yeah, the, times, so <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing worse than getting stuck with a crane bill, is it? No. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it's horrible. Yeah, especially it when it's taken horrible. out of your bonus check and you're a, a hot shot yeah, thinking you're going to lose your job, your career's over. Yeah, one of the one of the many uh, scenarios that I was involved in, Kevin, that I thought my I was going to get fired. Thankfully, I never did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a couple of like an oversized load. The same carrier used to do these from Kentucky to Prince Rupert, which mm-hmm. is just below Alaska, right? Great money, a great opportunity. Um, usually went very well. I didn't really have to worry about it too much, so I, I didn't really do my check calls. Uh, really before visibility, especially in Canada. And, you know, of course, during a weekend, it happens. No one can reach the driver. He's three days late. You know, I'm getting, you know, screamed at uh, about it. And I'm calling the driver. It's going straight to voicemail. And he's somewhere in West, upper Western, Western Canada. What, what do you do? You know, you're, you're yeah. kind of stuck. You know, there's a crane out there waiting. It's a huge job site. They're getting backfilled. And there's literally not much I can do. I'm going to the company. I'm, I'm going all the way up, um, but no one can reach the driver. And no one no one really knew what, what was going to happen. The, the funniest one, though, is that we had some some columns, still columns coming up from, from Laredo, from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And this one was actually just delivering Western Oklahoma at a, a, a liquefied or not liquefied natural gas, but natural gas processing plant yeah. on the oil fields. And it's construction site, you know, landowner uh, gets upset at the, the driver who was honking his horn, which was attracting the cows. And the, the landowner got mad and kicked the guy off. 
you know, would not let him come back on the property. So the, the real problem was that he hadn't offloaded yet. So he got kicked off. We don't, he's got to go. It took like two days for him to find someone to drive his truck back onto this landowner's property to unload that load, which of course was a crane load. You know, everything's a crane load. Which, yeah. Um, so that's yeah. where you can really get in troubles. Right. And, uh, and it was like two or three days, it was two or three days late. I got, you know, of course, you know, you get the blame for it, even though uh, the truck arrived on time, they just got into a, a tip at getting unloaded. And all of a sudden the guy can't come back, got to find mm-hmm. somebody else. It's three days late and, you know, you get hit with that. So it's always an adventure. Yeah, 100%. That's what makes this job fun, Kevin. Come on, dude. <laughs> I know, it's right? It's like what that. gives us all ulcers, too. Yeah. One, uh, wow. Yes. Oh, that's a, that, that's a lot of ibuprofen at night. That's the remedy for that. My constant <laughs> migraine. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, let, let's talk about marketing. Uh, yeah. You have the marketing tip for this week. Chris, go with it. I think that one thing that I read an interesting article this weekend, and it was about, you know, everything's automated. And I get it. I'm all about technology and making our lives easier, but not letting that take away the human interaction that kind of comes along with the sales process. And it's like, you know, you can have everything out there, but I think people still crave that. You know, I know I do. Maybe I'm old school. Maybe people listening to this right now or watching this are like, who is this guy? But I still find the value in speaking to people on the phone. I don't want to just communicate via email or DM. I want to talk to you on the phone. And then if there's an opportunity to meet face to face, I want to meet face to face and discuss because I, I just think that 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 really helps you, you know, deliver that passion that you have for your product is when they can hear it in your voice or, you know, see the animation of when you talk. I talk with my hands a lot, so that kind of helps. But I think that, you know, when you're just sending, you know, like I understand the importance of the automation up to a point, but don't don't lose sight of that. That there's like sales in anything marketing is always going to be a person, people to people driven uh, part of the business. It, it always is. You know, I mean, if you could sell something without sales, right, and a few products do with, with a lot of marketing, yeah. uh, but a lot of more complicated freight sales being more complicated uh, type of sell, you always need salespeople, right? So you can't really automate too much. You want to automate where you can, and you want to to, to include new technology, even if you, if it's not really automation, right? So we were talking to Scott Ingram uh, last week, Sell yeah. Success Media. Uh, if you haven't watched that, go back. He's got really great tips. He works with the top 1% of quota carrying salespeople out there. Uh, so he has a lot of great tips, and one of that, the, the use of video, right? So you can use video to stand apart, but you still have that personal touch, right? You're not really automating that. You're just finding a better way to, to communicate so they can see you, Chris Jolly, talking with yeah. your hands, because I That's do that true. a lot, too. I, I talk yeah. with my hands, too. So, <laughs> you know, you, you talk with your hands, and, and people know you. They see your face. They put a voice to it. Um, it it's much more compelling than... And then writing an email and and Duner and I had a guest on uh, a few months back. I can't remember the uh, the name of uh, of the topic, but uh, she has studied the, this type of things. And, and we're visual creatures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, language language and writing, especially writing. Writing's only been around for ten thousand years, right? Visually, it's been eons before that, right? So when you think about it, I mean, we're programmed to to have a, a connection. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a visual connection with people and an audio connection as well. So if you can include those videos and and, and go old school, old school, personable, uh, 
uh, uh, videos, I, I think you're going to have a great, great success. Yeah, I agree. The old school, who, who would have thought, Kevin, that the old school would essentially turn back into the new school? At least in my opinion, that's the, that's the yeah. way that I, I guess I'm just never, never going to deviate away from that. I'll automate everything to a point, I think, because it's just smart overall from a time safe perspective. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to the actual sales process, I, I don't know if I could ever get away from speaking to my clients or prospects or anything like that, because I want them, I want to meet them, you know, because it, it is, it's like, you know, not, not mm -hmm. all business is good business. And if there's a way for me to identify that, because like, you know, you mentioned earlier in the show, time is the only resource we can't replace. Everything else is replaceable. And it's like, if, if, if there's something that, you know, I know that I can speak to a different angle of than what an automated process could, or if I can identify that it's just not going to work out in the long run earlier in the process, that's a time save. And I want to do that. And I won't deviate away from that. And, and you were mentioning it earlier as well, the problem-solving aspect of freight sales. I mean, we're, we, we have to, to put our heads together with our clients to solve those problems. So you might as mm -hmm. well start you know, getting really personal and in front of them with a real human connection. You have to have that human connection, right? You, can't, you, you have to have that human connection because at a certain point, like every day that, that you move loads for people, mm -hmm. you have to solve problems. And unless you're, you start off the relationship doing that, uh, and solving a problem to get your foot in the door, uh, you're probably not going to make a sell, especially in freight sales. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just too, <laughs> it's just too it's just too complicated. If you have a lower price point product, then you can do it with with marketing and maybe automation, right? But once you get into a complex product that is always shifting and changing with different circumstances, I mean, this this week is a perfect example with the weather. I mean, yeah. there, there's so many problems that are are being solved, but created and being solved right now uh, in, in freight and transportation because of the weather. I mean, there's a lot of lot of new plans and impromptu type of, of talks about how we're going to get through this. And it's a very highly personable uh, type of conversation. And it takes a lot of, uh, lot of skill and experience to, to come up with solutions. Yep. And, you know, to any inexperienced rep out there that's new in this industry, uh, this weather thing, you should have been talking to him about it last week because you got to pay attention to this yeah. nonstop. And this is this isn't like there should never be news. And, you know, you'd think that national news like, hey, there's going to be a deep freeze or something's going on in the country like everybody would know. You'd be shocked. I've had plenty of shipments who picked up down in Texas. Well, Texas is a bad example for today. But I've had plenty of shipments that have picked up in the south, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico going up north that they don't know about a blizzard that's going on or that it's going to be 20 below zero because they're not paying attention to that. So we need to bring it to their attention. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's just a, a value add, a, one that, you know, a lot of us might take for granted in that sense. Like I'm wearing shorts today, but I know my family living in Minnesota definitely aren't wearing shorts. So, yeah, you have to be on top of all the trends uh, people buy from uh, experts or people mm -hmm. they perceive as experts. And, and that's what that's one of the value adds you can do. You know, get them prepared for the weather, you know. Be a consultant and not a salesperson. Um, but but let's flip to leads. Let, let's yeah. go back to leads and, and prospecting and, and qualified leads with Greg Johnson, the COO of Zimbles, uh, joining us right now. How are you doing today, Greg? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, Kevin? I, I'm doing I'm doing great too. Uh, and you're down in South Florida right now, right? So you, you're uh, are you guys warm down there? I don't think I want to admit it. Yeah, we are. We got, <laughs> uh, we got some warm weather. <laughs> It's uh, it's not not the time of year that you run around uh, bragging about that, though. You can make a lot of enemies very quickly. <laughs> you definitely can. You definitely. So, so Greg, uh, introduce yourself. Uh, let us know a little bit about your 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 personal history and also Zimbles. 
Yeah, so um, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, so in and around sales uh, for my entire career, so 30-some-odd years, uh, doing just about anything you can in sales, you know, rep, uh, bag carrying rep, inside rep, outside rep, manager, um, sales operations, you name it, um, primarily in technology, but a combination of technology, then software and data. So I spent the last roughly probably I guess 15, almost 20 years in data um, and um, live in, in South Florida and uh, a wealth of uh, love from uh, four wonderful daughters and uh, two grandsons and a couple dogs. So all, all good on that front. From a Zumbles perspective, Zumbles is, is an offshoot of um, a brainchild, I guess, that we had just by spending time listening to people and hearing of problems and, and with massive amounts of data and technology, we're the ultimate data geeks. But we also are salespeople at heart. Yeah, you know, myself, our CEO, our founder, everybody else. And, and what we did with Zumbles is said, man, let's try to solve a problem. And Chris, you guys just said it, you know, time is the only thing we can't replace. Everything else is replaceable. The amount of time everybody, myself, God, if I could do it over again, um, I'd save all <laughs> kinds of time chasing bad leads. And ultimately, Zumbles is an incredible tool and an arsenal of tools that we've got to help really save that, that precious time and get it back in your pockets by getting people the better better prospects more quickly. Thanks for that intro, Greg. Uh, let, let's talk about sales and, and sales in the time of COVID. Over the last year, you know, it, it, most of us have gone remote. Some of us come back to the mm -hmm. office. Uh, some, uh, most, you know, there's a lot of people with a combination of in the office, out of the office. It, it's it's difficult to uh, to stay focused sometimes at home. You know, you have four daughters. I mean, you have, you know, you have a house full of people and and dogs. We, we met your dog during the the sales and marketing conference. Yeah, yeah, uh, so so uh, a lot of distractions. Uh, uh, much more difficult to to get a hold of people. What have you been finding uh, during these these turbulent times? How sales has changed and how it's stayed the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it is it is interesting because I think a lot of us think I would have thought, OK, well, you're working from home, you know, the distractions in the office, you're going to have more time. And and I, I, for one, heck, I've been we've been fortunate enough. Our employees have all been remote, but um, myself and a few of, other, of the other leaders here have been in the office. But, you know, it, it's actually been a situation where you have less time. And everybody I talk to says that that's at home. You got more distractions, taking more things out of your day and multitasking is not what it used to be. <laughs> you know, you're, you're zeroed in on, on Zoom calls and, and paying attention from start to finish. So um, what I'm hearing a lot now is, is really kind of a combination of things. But first and foremost, um, sort of broadly spoken, it's the use of automation. So to Chris's point, automate to a point, but uh, don't take you out of that, that uh, relationship. But automation and more from the perspective of how can data be used to create efficiencies in all different functions, whether it be in the credit department or in, in what I love the most, which is the sales side of things. You know, the, the contacts, um, mixed bag in some respects. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of people say, I'm getting more FaceTime via Zoom with senior executives or decision makers, that type of thing. But we're definitely seeing and hearing, uh, unfortunately, with, with um, unemployment and what seems to be just a lot of job changes, uh, it's, it's getting harder and harder to get in touch with people at their phone or at their um, email. Maybe they're, they're working from home, therefore you can't get them at their office number if you don't have their cell phone. Can you call their cell phone even if you have it? So there are a lot of questions mm -hmm. like that. 
Um, but I think it, it really is uh, sort of a, a period in which salespeople are having to change their approach and, and just look at ways to do things vastly differently than they've done it in the, in the past. And I love Chris's point, you know, while, while maintaining that connection, um, which is hard because I'm used to doing it in person just like Chris is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely changing. Chris, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, I think, like, in, in regards to the cell phone approach, like, I think if you have it, I mean, I think today it's it's just like the office line. So I don't know. I, I'm of the belief where it's like if, you, if your cell phone number is visible, I think that sometimes it might, you know, throw a text out there. You know, yeah. I, I that is actually one of the more efficient ways of prospecting is just shooting them a quick text, you know, especially after you've already tried to establish it, even there, you know, via email or a voicemail or something like that, and you have their cell phone, I, I think it's a, great, uh, it's a great angle, you know, because I think texting is more like if you can text with a possible job candidate, why can't you text with a prospect? Yeah. And there's a lot of different schools of thought on it in terms of, um, mm -hmm. you know, companies and what their, their marketing departments will allow people to do. But I would agree. I think it's, heck, if you're going to get in touch with me, the best way to get me is going to be to text me because I'm, you know, I can't read my email most of the day just because I'm on Zoom calls, et cetera. So it's, it's a great way to get in touch. And I can't remember the last time I answered the phone at my desk. It sits there. It's convenient, but it doesn't do anything other than <laughs> represent the past. <laughs> I, I know. So so I, I want to ask you both this this question is, is you know, it's it's more difficult. And we were talking about it just now, but it's more difficult to, to pick up the phone and reach someone via phone. Right. Because what if you don't have their cell phone number? All you have is the company number. Right. Maybe, maybe that's the only thing you have in the CRM and you're working those yeah. leads out of the CRM or wherever else. And all you have is a generic mm -hmm. office number or maybe their mainline number, but they're not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as, as you said, I mean, a lot of people, if you do have an office line, you, you're not really answering it all that much anyway. And, and certainly now in, in COVID. So, uh, you know, Chris is a consultant. He consults uh, salespeople. Uh, mm -hmm. You're a data provider, Greg, and you're talking to salespeople all the time. So let's start with Greg on this, but I'd like to get mm -hmm. both of your thoughts on it. Yeah, so, you know, the way I look at it, I'm always trying to look at a problem and say, is there a different way to approach it, right? Mm -hmm. And when, when I hear I can't get in touch with people or I'm having trouble getting in touch with people, and, and I've been saying it, my teams have been saying it forever and a day because prospecting has always been a game of numbers, so if mm -hmm. you're going to yeah. get a lot of numbers in terms of companies to prospect to, inherent in that is a lot of people at those companies to prospect to. But I kinda, when, when I look at it, I say, what if I could solve the problem a different way and actually help with what Chris was talking about, which is time to get to know somebody? And what if I did that by reducing the number of contacts you needed, by reducing the number of companies that you had to pursue mm -hmm. to get the best leads. And by doing that, you can, you could, heck, if you could imagine a world in which you could take down the number of companies that you needed by 900%, go from 200 to 20. Same thing with contacts. Problem eliminated in terms of the contacts, right? So a different approach. Mm -hmm. and, and it does then give you a lot of different things. You use video, you get time to do uh, a lot of time to spend on video or time to spend on email communications, text communications, whatever it might be. So I, I think that that's kind of how I'm, I look at it is, is let's solve the problem a different way. Let's, let's eliminate what is the real problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, two words, social media. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like we need to utilize like, <laughs> information is at an overload 
right now. They're like, and that's just through, you know, I know that we're talking about leads here, but through Google and social media, you can like, if somebody's not answering their phone, find a different route. You guys like this isn't 1980 anymore. We're using the, the yellow pages. Like you can legitimately see the structure of an entire organization by typing in the company name on LinkedIn alone. Okay. That lists everybody off. You can search by keywords, job titles, whatever it is, regions, doesn't matter. You can find all of that information. So for you to sit here and say, you can't get a hold of somebody to me means that you just don't want to try. So I, let me, let me just kind of build on that a little bit, Chris. It still takes you time to do that, right? Yeah. So that's true. If you, if you, if you could then reduce the amount of companies that you had to research to find the org structure, all that type of thing, either way it's savings, right? So I think I agree with you. The social media thing is huge and the presence and everybody that's out there on all these different tools that I'm learning every day yeah. from kids way younger than me. But, um, but it's, I still look at it and say, man, but if you can, if you can refine the population that you're shooting at, it's a lot easier than trying to kill with, with a broader, broader, uh, you know, portfolio of people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If you can be very targeted in the freight type, the, you know, the overall revenue, the whatever, whatever you want to do, if you can refine that yeah. search down from, like you said, 200 to 20, and then you're calling your 20 targeted customers of what you're trying to go after. Yeah, that's a massive time save yeah. right there. And then that will help on your social media sales approach and your cold exactly. calling approach and your emails and however you, you, you attack yeah. that list. I think like that is, that is like, so vital to any organization right there yeah. to be able to have your target prospect down into a fine science at that point where it's a well-oiled machine and you're able those, those you're, you know, so it's like, you can take that, you know, cause a lot of brokers are KPI'd against their, their cold calls. You know, it's like, Oh, now yeah. you're not calling a hundred companies in a day. You're calling 35 companies that fit the exact profile of what you want to, to, to get after. Yeah. So that's a really good point, Chris. Uh, and let's the, let, let's take it to the next step, right? You know, let, let's define qualified leads, and also the the process uh, of qualifying with with Greg. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, for me, uh, a qualified lead is somebody who actually has the the desire to buy something mm -hmm. that you're selling, mm -hmm. and and even better than desire is somebody who you would know has already bought or is buying that what you're selling, right? So intent is like a New Year's resolution doesn't mean you did it, right? I could intend to, yeah. maybe I didn't. <laughs> Don't ask that question. Yeah, no. <laughs> that wouldn't be fair. And, and also the desire, the need, and the necessity to, to yeah. buy what you're selling, right? Absolutely, yeah. So that, that to me is a qualified prospect. Get, get a rep to that person that needs what's being sold and then the job of selling begins. Right? That's when it, it really takes off as opposed to searching. Now you're selling, which is a lot, a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. So, so that, that's another good point, right? Searching rather than selling. So, uh, you know, Chris has been around freight brokerage. I've been around freight brokerage. Uh, in a lot of freight brokerages, you are responsible for yeah. the, the A to Z of lead generation, mm -hmm. which is sometimes good. Though there's people who like that, and, and, but, but it, it costs a lot of time. It costs yeah. more time than it's, it's worth if you can skip that process instead of paying your, your guys and girls, uh, you know, for, you know, to, to research leads for four hours a day, which is, right. you know, half the half their salary almost just to mm -hmm. find people to call. Yeah. What if you streamline that? Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it makes it a heck of a lot better. 
I mean, the, the good news is there's a lot of data out there. The bad news is a lot of it isn't really accurate. Some of it is, you know, things that we put mm -hmm. up on LinkedIn is as accurate as it's going to be from somebody who's putting it up on themselves. But there's still, it's so hard because the, the more data, I mean, the, 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 the interesting thing about data is the more you have, the more horsepower it takes to really get the value from that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just a, a you know, yeah. a storm. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that uh, huge, uh, huge wave of data is often worse than just having specific uh, or a little bit of data because it does. It takes a lot of horsepower to, to, to find out what's useful, what's not useful. So let's talk about Zimbals uh, and and kind of how you guys qualify leads and and how you package and deliver those. Yeah, yeah. So the so Zimbals is is interesting because when 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 I look at, at the combination of data and the growth of data, how much data you can get and how mm -hmm. much unique data you get, then there's a corresponding increase in the need of horsepower and sophistication technologically, right? And for years, mm -hmm. I was little that I know it would probably end up calling myself a self-proclaimed data analyst. Why? Because I was using a spreadsheet to try to figure out how to get better results for my reps, right? So mm -hmm. if, you, if you think about that in our day-to-day -day life, I'm not a self-professed expert on music such that I could pick out a song that I, I like and find others like it based on, you know, the rhythms, the beats, and all the other things that go on in, in music. And I just covered everything I know about music right there. Same thing <laughs> with, with movies, right? But I want a good song and I want a good movie. So why don't we apply technology to leads to do the same thing, right? And ultimately, Zumbles is, is, is doing that. It eliminates the need to do any analysis. Just trust the process. Type in a single mm -hmm. business that you want to find more of, and Zumbles will do all the work for you right there instantly. Right? So the, the so, of lists and doing that type of thing disappear. There's no need. You need lists when you need thousands. You so need when you need 20. Would you, would you say that, so like I know, I, I watch YouTube all the time and I know yeah, that, yeah. After you, so is that what Zimbals does essentially is it finds that profile that you're searching yeah. and then it auto feeds you leads based off of your search history? It, it does. And it, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So YouTube does it based on your search history and others. So we use machine learning as sort of the technical term for it. Yeah. Machine learning, some people call it artificial intelligence, two different things, but they perform arguably the same thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's letting computers do the thinking and then learning from past behaviors, whether they be your personal behaviors or others. And that's exactly what it does. And it continues to get smarter over time and therefore surfaces you know, better, better prospects. Not only better prospects, but it's finding, it's finding prospects that aren't being found. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the fact is we're, we're driving by or used to be driving by, walking by and not even knowing that there were prospects in our territories that we didn't know of. And now Zumbles helps surface those. And it's because, you know, the power of, of being able to analyze massive amounts of data. You don't have to have every bit of data. You don't have to have perfect data because you can get a lot by looking at a lot of different pieces really fast. So Zimbles allows you to spend more time selling, which is what exactly. you're really getting paid for, right? Selling exactly. to more qualified leads, and and you know uh, on our, our read here at the beginning of the show, it takes you from a 98% failure rate to or a success wait, two percent success rate to 50%. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. success rate for, for exactly. everyone out there who's, who's who's hard to conceptualize the math behind that. Uh, can you can you give a, a an example of yeah. how that happens? Yeah. So um, I mean, the, numerically, it's you know, if you have two hundred leads today. On average, in, in the industry, I'm talking to to sales leaders, sales reps, you know, marketing, sales operations professionals in this industry all day long. And out of 200 leads today, typically the yield would be something less than five percent. Right, so you're talking 10 leads or less out of those 200. So you spend time on 190 leads to get to 10 qualified prospects. With Zembles, you're going to take it down to you only need 20. And I would argue you probably need less than that. You probably do with 15 because the performance is usually better than 51 and 2 or 50%. But out of 20 qualified prospects or 20 that Zembles will give you, history has been experienced from testing from those that have tested and are using Zembles today. They're finding that one out of every two. In many cases, it's, it's you know, instead of 50%, it's 80% or 90% that are, that are qualified. So you reduce all the time that's needed on the research, on the, the nurturing, and or just the wasted call. You have a 30-minute call when you find out they don't need, and you're like, oh, wow, I got a new friend and such and such. But unfortunately, <laughs> friends don't put commission dollars in my pockets. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kevin, like a lot of what I'm hearing right now is what me and you are both firm believers in, and that's that niche, especially in brokerage. Yes. Because there's just too much freight out there to attack it on simultaneous phone calls. And that's mm -hmm. one thing that I work hand in hand in with all of my clients is establishing that niche region and that niche freight type. And you know what, if you can, you know, bring it out a little bit to their freight spend or, you know, annual shipments or something like that in there, like that is for a, from a startup perspective, that's right. smart money spent. Mm -hmm. At that point, you know, because I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm in the beginning stages of my business right now, day one, dollar one, essentially. And to like yeah. to translate that over to a day one, dollar one freight brokerage, like that is going to help you be able to spend your time more effectively building your business the way that you want to build it, as opposed to like what Greg just said, they're having a 35 minute phone call with Nancy in mm -hmm. Reno, Oklahoma, and you got a great friend there now, but they don't have any freight for you at the end of the day. Well, it and Chris, it takes us to a point where we were talking about, you know, how many times we've we've had to get on Google Maps and things like that. And you, you find some a business that that kind of seems like that they check all the, the the boxes, right? They're an industrial park. It looks like trucks coming in and out. You mm -hmm. get on the phone. You do all this research, maybe five ten minutes, uh, mm -hmm. maybe longer, right? And you get on the phone, and what you find out is that they ship about one or two trucks a week or maybe a month, yeah. right? Something far below the volume level you need for this to be a really a qualified uh, prospect, and you don't know until you pick up the phone and call. You do this research, and it's it, and that could be twenty minutes. If you get somebody on the phone, that could be another ten minutes of realizing uh, <clears throat> this isn't a qualified prospect. There's and there's your thirty minutes right there. So um, I've been down that rabbit hole many many times, and it sounds like uh, with with the, the data that that Zimbold's has with. With those prospects, you know from the, the, the get-go, right? Yeah. I mean, it's there's so much data. I mean, thousands of data elements that, that we, we leverage on, on any one business. But um, the most important is verified spend data. So mm -hmm. I not only know what they're spending on freight, but I also understand what they're spending across their entire supply chain. 
And there's a lot of predictiveness that comes from understanding other things they're buying. Industrial supplies usually means they've got LTL. Um, anything with uh, construction equipment or lumber or something means they've got TL, open bed TL, right? So there's a lot you can you can extract from that, even if I don't have the TL or LTL spend. Don't need it. I can get it mm -hmm. a lot of other ways. So that's where you kick open these, these unique opportunities and find the businesses that don't have the loading dock and wouldn't be found using Google Maps or whatever else it might be. But it's, it's, it's you know, the hard part for me, and, and I work in it every day, literally here talking to people about it, and I still struggle on my own sales teams to resist the temptation to go in and want to filter and to do all that work myself, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, just stop. You stopped doing it at home on television and music a long time ago. Why are you still doing it? Trust the process. And that's uh, it's a hard thing to get through change. But once you get through, you're like, whoa, whole new world. Now I got to manage my people differently, and and uh, and mm -hmm. you get a lot more, a lot more real measurement of the quality of your sales people mm -hmm. as opposed to your searching people. Now, that's a really good point. You, you have searching people who are really good at researching leads and really good than other people who are really good at sales, and those right. are not they're not the same skill. And a lot of people don't possess those same skills, certainly. So, uh, Greg. Um, Talk about prospecting stories, funny prospecting stories. Yeah. We did this uh, with your interview on in, in the yeah. sales and marketing conference that you can find live.freightwaves.com. You can also find your interview with us on uh, there, or you can find it on uh, past episodes of Put That Coffee Down. But give us a, a recap of the, the contents. Yeah, so there were some uh, some some pretty pretty interesting stories that came in. I would say that. So we picked, uh, we picked two winners. Um, so I'll announce the announce the winners. If that's all right, Kevin, is that okay to do right now? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, let's do it. The first, and I'll give you a quick summary of the story, just because it is pretty funny. Um, so the first one is Nick Starker at Global Trans. And um, he, he kind of recounted a story that was uh, when he was working for a small carrier back in the 90s. Uh, and they were was doing prospecting about 80% of his day, making calls all the time off of lists, including the, the Thomas Register leads. Um, and he said not much information on them and had to really dig deep, but he really relied on his, his discovery calls. And in one particular case, he had a fantastic discovery call to the point where he realized it was a wildly different product mix than he is used to running into. And as he went back to the ranch, which this was not necessarily the situation with his weirdness with his prospect, mm -hmm. but what happened when he went back to the home office with all of his peers and his office manager, he realized he needed the NMFC code. And unfortunately, it wasn't one of the ones he was familiar with. So he walked into his office manager, who he described as being very grandmotherly, which I can only imagine having to have this conversation <laughs> with my grandmother. And said uh, after he mustered up his energy and his confidence to be able to do it, still a little bit of a young buck green behind the ears, said, um, could you help me find the NMFC code for the adult toy business? He turned around and walked out with a red face and then forever lived in the shame and all the other names that came from nicknames that came from all of his, all of his uh, sales brothers and sisters. So that's no point. So that's pretty good. When you find the ultimate lead and you realize you're like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I can only imagine the, the, the nicknames that, that, that right? he has. Oh, God. No, I know. It's funny. As I was reading, I'm like, oh, I'm like all right, let's get out I know, of here. Right? I, I, I have about 10 right now that I can think of. Yeah. So that was, uh, 
that was a pretty good one. There were some, I mean, there were, there were like, the number that came in with um, having called and the person was no longer living was uh, alarming yeah. too. I was like, all right, that's, that's slightly morbid these days. But um, the second one that, that was uh, left off the page is Jordan Richardson with uh, currently with Fusion Logistics. Uh, I've been reaching out, reaching out to a prospect who is a bag manufacturer and uh, sounds like the, the sales campaign was going along real well, had found the decision maker and was having all kinds of discussions that had actually moved on to the finance manager. And as he's on the call with the finance manager, somebody else jumps in, interrupts the meeting, takes over the, the meeting, and introduces himself as the decision maker, who clearly had just had his own people doing an end around on him, fired the reps, con fired Jordan's contact on the phone on the spot. <laughs> And proceeded to, proceeded to tell Jordan to pound sand because 95% of their business is customer routed, and the other 5% was given to a local carrier who's a family friend. So stay away from that, Jordan. So Jordan <laughs> left disappointed and bewildered, he said. Um, and, but, hey, he's still got a great story to tell. So uh, nothing like walking into the middle of an internal battle and, and getting ambushed by the true decision maker when you thought you had the decision maker on the phone. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so that was quite a brutal, uh, brutal story. So we're going to give uh, both Nick and Jordan a, uh, a free license to Zumbles for six months. So uh, yeah. we appreciate the, uh, the contribution of the stories and, and I, I've got some others too that we can share in the future. Kevin, there were, there are, there are some good ones. So it's pretty fun. Oh, that is good. That, 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 those are, those are, Two really good ones. And I would, do you still have to sign up to where people can go in and, and fill out a form yeah. for, for this? Or, yeah, yep. yeah go and, ahead and, uh, and give that out. And, um, and sign up uh, at, uh, I think it's Zumbles uh, slash start.com. And uh, you can get a, a, a link and sign up for a free trial and jump in and, and give it a free trial. We'll reach out and set you up and get your credentials to log in and give it a shot and talk to the team. Perfect. Perfect. I, and I, I do have an audience question here. Um, Asking for advice, Amanda Miller asking for advice on gatekeepers mm -hmm. and, and kind of, you know, so, you know, a, a quick, uh, quick answer on, on your advice for that. So, um, I mean, gatekeepers to me, I'm a believer in sell the gatekeeper. Yep. Right. What, what mm -hmm. do you got? Because that gatekeeper oftentimes has the ear of whoever it is that's going to make the decision. So I, I'm a big fan on, on never ruling them out, establishing great rapport to, to Chris's point earlier. The human side is usually pretty mm -hmm. important, but they're also, I find that they, they, they know their business well enough because they're keeping the gate for somebody usually important enough or making decisions that they understand the, the potential impacts. So have your value prop down, make sure you can talk about your unique ability to execute and have the buzzword that'll say, here's why I should speak to that person. But I'll also say, know your business, but more importantly, know their business, because it doesn't matter how well you yeah. know freight brokering. What matters is you understand the levers that are unique to their business. If you don't know that, you're going to look like a, a dope when you get on the phone. So if you can speak their language yeah. and hit them with the important stuff, make friends with a gatekeeper, you can never go wrong with a friendly gatekeeper. Uh, I, I, no, you can't. Wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, you need, you need allies across the board. In your yeah. customers, you know, it's not just the decision maker. It's every person who's involved in that organization. You want them to know your name and why you are the best at what you do. Yeah. 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 Well, th thank you so much, Greg. And uh, what was the uh, the website again? 
it's, throw uh, that out there. Yeah, zumbles.com mm-hmm. forward slash start. And you can just right. hit zumbles.com. There's a way to get it right off zumbles.com, even if, if, you, if you need to hit it that way. And then I think we got a webinar coming up later this week as well. We do, yes. I, I forgot on Thursday, right? Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Yep. You have a webinar, um, and you can get those. Uh, you can sign up. I'm not quite sure the address to, to sign up. Sorry, uh, but and if you're subscribed to FreightWaves emails, you, you've gotten a couple emails. You'll probably get a couple more uh, promotional emails on that. And there's a link on Zumbles.com as well, so anybody could go there and okay. hit the link there too. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate your time. Perfect. As always, gentlemen. As always. Thank you very much, Greg. Thanks, have a great day. Stay warm wherever you are. You too. Although you're wearing shorts, Chris, so I guess you got to cover. Yeah, right? I'm in. I'm Greg. I'm in Arizona. We're good. <laughs> I'll high five and smile between the two of us, right? <laughs> All right. Same thanks, Greg. Um, so, so Chris Jolly. Yeah. Chris Jolly. What, what's a what's one of your wildest prospecting stories? Oh, yeah. I have nothing like that. I guess. The, the, like, and this isn't that wild overall, but like I used to show up at places in, in Reno, Nevada and the surrounding areas. And Mm -hmm. I had a guy who was extremely sarcastic and I'm a very sarcastic person too, but I didn't pick up on it right away. And then, uh, you know, he pretty much told me to get off of his, you know, what blanking property or he was going to call a cop (laughs) on me. And I'm like, Wow. You couldn't have just said not interested, but, but yeah, that, that, that's pretty much the, the, the wildest thing. I've never had anybody call themselves. This is the decision maker talking. Like, I, I just mm-hmm. feel like when you hear a story like that, Kevin, they've been waiting for that opportunity for years. Oh yeah. That, that was the, that was the T that was just put out there fastball right down the middle. You're sending that one 500 over the fence. You've been waiting for that. How, how about you though? What's the wildest one you have? The Wallops one I had, and we'll talk off the air about Reno because I've, I've gone up there a couple couple yeah. times to prospect myself, and uh, though there's not a lot of places to prospect up there, so I, I might have been in the same place or gotten kicked off. I, I don't think I got kicked <laughs> off, but um, may have never made it through the gate on it. So, so my wildest is Kansas City Fortune 500 company. I'm like, we're going to Kansas City. This could be awesome, you know. Um, didn't really think about it, you know. The person that we're meeting with was a hide analysis. Or hide analyst. I'm sorry. I I don't know what it is. I mean, what, whatever. Right. It doesn't really matter to me. We're we're going. We got you know eight, nine, ten meetings booked for the day. Is is going to be good. You know this is the the, the biggest company out there. Uh, walked in. It was around the stockyards in, in Kansas City. Walked into the door. Uh, it was you know it was it was, it was a you know industrial place. You know neighborhood. So mm-hmm. nothing looked really nice. Uh, but walked in and got hit with this odor that uh. almost, I mean, both of us, me and Kyle Keith, we almost dropped to the floor. Just, I mean, it was like rancid. I'm like, what is this place? And they took us back to the conference room and I'm sitting there trying to talk. And, and it realized, you know, it is uh, a place, it's a warehouse for wet cowhides oh. that are shipped to Mexico and tanned and then come back on furniture or whatever. I mean, like, like entire warehouse of wet cow. I mean, it was the worst. I mean, for two days that just followed me around, it was, it was incredibly awful. And, you know, I started moving a couple of them, but you know, you know, the drivers know what, what wet cow hides oh, are yeah. and they don't want anything. They, they don't want anything to do with it. It was, it was a horrible customer. I moved a couple loads, uh, didn't cover a couple and that was it. Uh, but we are running short on time. Yeah. So, again, Global Supply Chain Week is coming up here 
a week from today. Go to live.freightwaves.com to sign up and get registered for the conference and all those great gifts. And that's the end of this episode of Put That Coffee Down. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses to win expensive. I got expenses to win expensive. I've been getting out of work. I've been getting out of work. I've been shutting down the stars. I've been shutting down the stars. When it rains and it pours. And I'm ready for some more.